As a family, we, uh, we do a devotion. We try to do a devotion every day as a family. And at the moment, we're doing this. We're going through this book, A Voice of the Martyrs. Remember DC Talk back in the day, like in the 80s, 90s, probably the 90s. I read this book so many years ago, and then we found it again. And um, we, we, we try to read a chapter or a story a, a morning, and the kids' faces are generally quite uh, like ours are. And uh, I just wanted to start with, and it kind of fits in with what we're just singing and what God laid in my heart on Wednesday for us already. Um, this is from Cambodia, 1970s. There's, this, uh, there's a man called Haim and his family. I'm not going to read the whole thing just for time, but um, basically um, that, that, that morning they were rounded up as a family and uh, they were going to be executed that afternoon for, because they love Jesus. And it says this, um, the killers were, were generous. They allowed their victims a moment of prayer to prepare themselves for death. Parents and children hold hands and knelt together uh, near the open grave. So they actually had made them dig their own graves the whole day as families. After his family finished their prayers, Haim exhorted the communists and all those looking to repent and to receive Jesus as Savior. Whew. You'd think, I would be a bit bitter. My kids are going to die with me. My wife's going to die with me. But he's like, hey guys, Jesus loves you. Come repent. Get saved like we're saved. Join the family. <laughs> it's beautiful. My cry, because this, this got me the other day when we read it. Suddenly, one of Ham's young sons leapt to his feet and bolted into the near, near vast, ah, in the nearby forest and disappeared. So he took a gap. What, what, what happened next will probably shock you, just as it shocked us as we were reading this the other day. Ham was amazingly cool as he betrayed the soldiers not to chase after the boy, but to allow him to call the boy back. While the family knelt, the father pleaded with his son to return to die with them. Sure. Beautiful. Think, my son, he shouted. Can stealing a few more days of your life as a fugitive in a forest compare to joining your family here around a grave? But soon... Be free forever in paradise. It's quite a thought, eh? It's like, son, you can run. you probably be running for a couple of days. But man, there's something more glorious for us today. Weeping, the boy walked back. Ham said to his, uh, his executioners, now we are ready to go. But none of the soldiers would kill them. <laughs> so something profound happened there. Like he calls his son back. No one does that. Who does that? All those soldiers around them just couldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> and then finally an officer who had not witnessed the scene came up and killed him. Now I start the story because we want to break bread. And we break bread. And for those who are visiting, if you don't know what breaking bread is, Jesus came, his God came as man to earth. He walked this earth for 33 years and then died on our behalf. We just sang it. What we're doing today, and then he didn't just die, he rose again on the third day, which blew everyone's minds. And then, not only that, he's in heaven right now, praying for us, interceding for us, that we will walk and be like him. And he's come to save us of our sins. And today, we're going to remember him. The Bible says, we break bread in remembrance of what Christ has done. And uh, so that's what we want to do. And I was like, on Wednesday, I was like, God, like we've, we've broke, we break bread quite often, like, you kind of run out of ideas. Like, <laughs> what new angle can you put on remembering Christ? And he dropped this on my heart. In Matthew 6, verses 25 to 33, 34, 
He dropped this on, our, on my heart, and it goes like this. I'm sure they'll put it up uh, for us to follow. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, about your body or what you wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothing? Today, we want to remember Christ for something amazing in our lives. It's not about stuff. It's not about clothing and food and fun and soccer teams and Formula One teams. I'm a big Formula One guy, yeah. It's, it's, and, and there's so much anxiety in the world. There's so much worry. We worry about stuff. We want to remember Jesus about the fact that he gave us freedom from not worrying about stuff, but worrying about the kingdom. Like, like this family who's like, actually, dying is actually glorious. Yeah, it's going to maybe be a moment of pain, but we're going to be in glory forever. That's, that's something that we need to, as people shift our minds towards, you know. And it goes on. Um, look at the birds of the air. They don't, they don't sow and they don't reap, nor store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you uh, not much more valuable than they? Think about that. It's like God is saying, don't worry, got you. Got your back. Does it always feel like that? Mm-mm. The other day I said, babes, we need an underground bunker. Things are going down. I mean, we need to store some food away. Now, I mean, honest, like, let's store some food. Let's buy a little bit extra every month. And then I was like, hold on here, hold on. Am I losing, like, faith? You know, I'm like, and if you're honest, you've done this. Come on, come on. I'm not the only one. And then I realized it's probably a lot of money to make an underground bunker. And, and then I realized, I, then I realized I identify as a rich man in a poor man's body. And then I wanted to make a t-shirt, and they said, please don't, you're going to get into trouble. So I didn't make a t-shirt, but I still. And we can fall into this trap all the time of just, we forget who Christ is. We forget who God is. We, like, like, I love the word. Come on, guys, we're singing about the most the glorious thing on the planet, salvation and stuff. Like, if, if, you're, if you're a natural libre. Are you not more valuable than they? Okay, sorry, yeah. I was just... Who, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So don't worry, saying, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What should I wear? For pagans run off to think these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is where I want us to just focus. The rest of the preacher will be focused on verse 33. Um, go back, sorry. Yeah. So, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Let's just pause it quickly. And so, Tonight, I want to remember Christ for saying this to us. Seek his kingdom first. And he knows we need clothes and food. I'm not saying those things are bad. He knows we need them. But he knows we need something much, much more than that. (laughs) And that's his presence living in us, right? And so just keep that in mind. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added as well. And then verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough, enough troubles of its own. 
And so I want to just quickly just remind us of a few things. First question I asked myself was, okay, when I was reading this and I was saying, okay, God, we want to, rem- we want to be remembered for the good God you are. We want, to be re- we want to remember that we need to seek you first and these things will be added. So the first question I asked myself, what is the kingdom then? What is, what is, what is he saying? What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is this very, very um, basically, it's the spiritual realm or the realm of which God reigns as king. Or it's his fulfillment of his will on earth. And so wherever God reigns, he's king. It's his kingdom. So he reigns over everything. He's sovereign. He's almighty. He's glorious. But then it comes down, and it's like that's, that's, a big, that's a big stroke. Small stroke is this. Rob, God has a will and a purpose for your life. He's got a call. And, and if you're walking in that thing, that's the kingdom of God living on earth through you. And I can go through everyone, Peter, Tim, everyone, Victor, Jody, Robbie. And so it's because God is a personal God. It's the kingdom of God is he reigns. But the problem is we don't give him the right to reign and rule in our lives. That's where things get a bit tricky. And it says to seek his kingdom but not in his kingdom, him is righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing. So the other day I went climbing the whole day on Women's Day because I forgot it was Women's Day. And then halfway through, luckily Abby did, rem- did forget. And then she did conveniently remember when I got home and I got into a little bit of trouble, just a little bit, because I realized I messed up. I wasn't in right standing with Abby in that moment. I should have asked you if I could use it. I didn't actually put this in my notes. This is me. That wasn't about that. Anyways, but so what I did was I maneuvered myself. I could see Abby wasn't, we weren't connecting. So I gave her a little bit of time. Then I kind of maneuvered in. Hi, babes. Can I come sit by you? I won't say anything. I just, I can, I just sat there and I could feel the, you know. I was like, Lord, help me. Help. And then we paused the movie and I was like, can I ask you a question? And uh, three hours later, I was in right standing with Abby, <laughs> and Abby is in right standing with me, and I'm going to be in so much trouble. Sorry, babes. I should have, should have not used this as an example. But that's a good right standing. Righteousness is when, when God is active in our lives and when we eventually meet him one day face to face. Because the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Whether you're a believer or not, the only difference is a believer will be ushered into eternity, and it will be a glorious moment where the unbeliever It'll be a dreadful moment in realization that you, we've missed it. <laughs> and so he says, seek first the kingdom. So seek first his will in your life and let him reign as king. And therefore, have right standing with him. It's beautiful, hey? And so as people, we mess up all the time. Last week was a preach on how I've realized as I examine myself how many things I need to fix. Um, and I think if everyone's honest, we all have those moments. So it's not a, it's not a condemnation thing. It's a, man, Jesus, you are showing us how to become more like you as we seek. So the word first here in this passage, it's going to be more expository tonight. So forgive me. It's not normally my style. But it's not first time, but it means first of first importance. So when he says, seek first the kingdom, it's not, it's not like seek, it's the first time you're seeking. It's no, it's, 
it's first of importance. So he's, he's saying, disciples, or my, belief, my, my sons, my daughters, whatever you want to use. This is the most important thing. There's nothing contending for this. <laughs> it's quite cool. It's, like, it's not really about our gifting. It's not really about anything. It's seek my kingdom, my will for your life first, foremost. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Because if you get that right, I'll provide for you. Are you guys with me? I get very like. Am I, did I go ju- jumping too quickly? I don't know. Just... And so, this only happens through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It can't come through anywhere else. So, a few, a few when, I was on, when, when we were on leave, um, when we were in our sabbatical, we went away climbing, and one of the, one of the ladies that came with, um, uh, we didn't know her, but she um, doesn't believe in Jesus at all. And um, somehow we, over, around the fire, we got into a conversation about spirituality. And, and then, you know that question, like, so what do you do, Brett? Um, oh, I'm like, I'm laughing, am I a life coach? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like drop it, like drop it easy. You know? And then I'm like, I'm, I'm a pastor. And she was like, what? What kind of pastor are you? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to be a good one. <laughs> I don't know. And we, 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 we sat down and shame that night she got hammered um, in a good way, like, it's just I could see, like, um, as we spoke and we tried to speak truth, man, it just really, she had nightmares that night. It was crazy stuff. God was doing stuff, so maybe softening her heart a little bit, you know. And I said to her, do you know, like, because she's very into everything, I said, I said, hey, man, it's you do you. I'm not going to do you, but you do you. But, I, but there's a better way. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, there's a better way. I said, if you go look at all your religions that you've been looking into and you think you believe, all of them say the same thing. They're all trying to find the truth. Buddhism's trying to, trying to find the enlightenment and trying to find the truth. Hinduism, all those things. Go look for yourself. We mean, we're clever people here. Every other religion on the planet, Scientology, all of them, they're all looking for some savior, looking for the truth. Only Christianity. Jesus is the only person that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man has a relationship with God, the creator of the universe, except through me. That's, that, I dropped the mic. I could check. It's like, what? I said, go check. Don't take, me, take, don't take me my way. Go look for yourself. Jesus is totally different from everyone else. <laughs> And C.S. Lewis said, if he says the things that he said, he's either a madman or a poached egg. Or he's actually the king of glory. Jesus said some crazy stuff. <laughs> it's nuts. It's like, so it's only through Jesus. It's only through the finished work of the cross. So he came and died. He not only rose again. Not only that, he's, like, he's at the right hand of the Father, but he's coming back. He's He's coming back to be victorious. He's coming back once and for all to eliminate everything that separates us from Christ and from the Father, actually. Sorry, he is Christ, from the Father. And so when he says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, basically what he's saying is, listen, you need to be born again. You need to have me changing your life. And as we break bread, that's what we're remembering. We're remembering once we're saved and now we, I mean, once we're lost, but now we're saved. Once we're blind, but now we see. 
Once we were deaf to the things of God, now we can hear. I don't know if this happens to you. Like, if the Holy Spirit's not in your life, you read the Bible and it's just a book. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and it's just not a book anymore. It's like the words of life. It's like, what the heck? And then you're like, it's a different thing. It's, it, it goes from like physical temporal stuff to eternal godly spiritual stuff. And it just blows your mind. It just changes your heart, shifts your mind. So think about a few things. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9. Um, we have to be born again. Only by being born again can we seek the kingdom of God. So it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. As this is not yet from yourselves, it is a gift of God. So we need to understand, to be born again and to remember what we're going to remember, we need to understand we've been born again through faith by grace. Not on our own. There's nothing we can do to get salvation. Nothing. You can try to be the best person you're going to be. You're going to mess it up. You can't buy it with money. You can't buy it with good deeds. It's, it's a, it's a, I say this a lot. Salvation is so easily we, so easy we miss it. It's a free gift. But because it's free, it doesn't mean it's cheap. Christ gave up everything so we could have everything. And when we are saved, it's, he's like, hey, Brett, this is free. You can take it. You can receive it or not. But I've given you everything. And when you receive it, I want everything back from you. That's how it works. It's free, but it's not cheap. And that's where people mess it up. They're like, oh, I don't know if we can pay the price, you know. 2 Peter 1 verses 3 to 4. This is Jesus now. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So we're not only saved through faith because it's a gift of grace, but he's also given us, by his divine power, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So again, we can't, we, we, to seek the kingdom, we can't do it on our own. It's got to be through Jesus, right? You guys are with me. Say something, please. I was like... I'm trying my best here, guys. Philippians 4, verses 19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Jesus Christ. So salvation through grace. Everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you for smiling. Somebody smile. Yes. Then, oh, it's gone. Then he'll supply every need according to his riches of glory. And the 2 Corinthians 1, verses 20. For all the promises of God Find their yes in Him. That is why through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. So think about this. In Luke 19 verses 10, it should come up there. It says this. Luke 19, verse 10. Sorry, I jump, I'm jumping around, so I'm making you work there. Have you got it? Let me read it while you're finding it. It says this. This is going to blow our minds. Through the finished work of God, Luke 19, 10 says this. For the Son of Man came to what? Okay, so, this is, so I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. We don't have to seek after God in the way that you think you should. Because he sought us out first. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify quickly. So we get this wrong. When you hear the word, like, seek the kingdom of God, we try to look outward. What do I do to seek the kingdom? Where do I go? What do I do? 
That's not what this is saying. The scripture in Matthew 6, 33, 35-33, it's not saying we need to seek physically His kingdom. It's saying something so much more amazing than that. Because if God sent His Son to seek out you. So think about this. Craig, Christ, when He died on the cross, and then He was buried for three days, and then He, he did that to call you. He sought after you. He ran after you. So then you're like, okay, I'm confused, bro. The Bible says we need to seek God. Are you saying we mustn't seek God? I'm not saying we mustn't seek Him. I say we need to seek Him in the way that He wants to be sought after. How does that look? Let's, let, let me answer that and we'll break bread. See, to, to seek the kingdom and his righteousness is to look inward, not outward. Think about Matthew 6. Don't worry about your, what you wear. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you look like. Don't, Jesus is trying to get our attention. He's going, guys, you're missing. Jewish people of that day, that's who he was talking to. You're missing something. You're looking at the earth that you're on. You're looking at the temple. You're looking at the non-spiritual aspects of your life. And you're going, I'm trying to seek you there. And he's going, you're not going to find me there. When we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, we've got to go like this. And then we need to look at our hearts. And we need to say, can we see Jesus reflected in us through his death and resurrection on the cross? Because if you look down and you see envy there, that's not Jesus. If you look in and there's unforgiveness, that's not Jesus. If greed is in there, that's not Jesus. One thing I'm trying to learn right now is patience. I'm not a patient person. <laughs> I'm looking in my heart going, Jesus, I know that that is not you. My impatience is not you. I'm not reflecting you well in that part of my heart. Help me become more like you. See, when we look in, when we seek to seek the kingdom and his righteousness, it's to look inside going, Jesus, you have saved me. Saved me from sin and myself. Now I want you to reign in every part of my life. That's what seeking the kingdom of God is. Are you guys still with me? So, so as we break bread, what we're saying is, Jesus, remember that you've given us the ability through grace in faith to go. I want to seek you, and I want you to be king and reign over every aspect of my life. So even if, so I was thinking about this, even if we give God 90% of our hearts, it's not good enough for him. So we could be doing so well in so many areas, but you know, the graciousness of God is this, because he wants to save us totally. He'll often go like, Nyeh! and then you're like, ah, I hate you, God, you're such a bad God, and you're not a good father. No, actually, he's a great father, because that thing's going to possibly get in the way of what he wants to do in our lives. So as we break bread together, um, in Luke 17, 21, it says, The kingdom of God is within you or among you. Talking to the Pharisees, they're trying to trick him. They're trying to, they're trying to um, say, where's the kingdom of God? And uh, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that you can observe, nor 
Will, uh, will they say, look here, it's there or here. But behold, the kingdom of God is in you. It's in the midst of you. And so what Christ is saying is, guys, don't miss this. Don't get fooled by looking here <laughs> when you actually should be looking here. That's supernatural awesomeness right there. Like, and then when you do look here, sometimes it doesn't look very nice. But you know what? Grace is the ability that God gives us to say no to the ungodliness and to say yes to what is righteous. And so when you look down and you go, man, I'm not, look, I'm not looking so good, don't freak out. To seek God is to go, God, I know you can help me. I know you can do it. <laughs> I can't do it because I've tried on my own. If you're honest, like I've tried everything. I've tried to put on a brave face. I've tried to be like, but somewhere along the line, that thing is going to pop. And then it's depending, you depend on him. You know, like, God, you're the king. You're the glorious one. You, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let you transform me from the inside out. And and Jesus did this so well because he is our model. He is, Philippians 2 verses 6 to 11, says this, he whom being very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in a human likeness. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that, that at that name of Jesus, every knee will bow and in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every time we'll confess that Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what that scripture is saying? In that moment when Jesus said, Father, I mean, this is going to suck. Dying on a cross for people who don't even love me, don't even want anything to do me, that is going to... And in the moment, he was like, but not my will be done, your will be done. The way he came and humbled himself, the way he became a servant, shows that he was looking inward, going, God, this is about you and your kingdom and your righteousness. It's not about what I want. It's not about... And he was looking in and he was going, okay, I'm going to... Go. The Father's reflected there. The Father's reflected there. The Father's reflected there. The Father's reflected there. And because of that, he was exalted above every other. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And if Jesus could do it, we can do it. Because he's our model. He's our God. And I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this question for us as we break bread together and as we, as we remember this amazing Savior that we love and we serve. What is the benchmark? As we look at our hearts, what is the, what is the, what is the benchmark? What is the measurement of whether we know that we're reflecting well or not? How do we know if we're running out and seeking his kingdom? I thought that would be a good question to ask. I want to give us a little bit of a handle um, tonight. Otherwise, yeah, we're going to be lost. And I think the benchmark is found in Galatians 5, 22 to 24. So when we're born again through the finished work of the cross, and when grace comes and faith comes and the divine power gives us everything we can for godly life and every promise is yes and amen and Christ makes us into a new creation. The Spirit comes and fills us. 
And so a great benchmark for our hearts is to look at ourselves and say, because this is what Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So tonight, as we break bread, as we go into the week tomorrow, <laughs> in the weeks and months to come, if you want to seek the kingdom first, this is a great scripture to do that. God is my heart full of love, joy, peace. For me, it's patience. I'm going to pause there tonight. I'm just trying. I'm, why are you laughing? Man? I'm trying to work through this thing. You know? like, I'm going to pause on patience. And look, I'm, some of those other ones I'm not getting well either, but that's the list. I'm going to that part in the list. Going on, help me get patience. Like, help me. I, I've tried on my own because I want to seek your kingdom first. I want my heart. This part of my heart, I want you to take control. So as we did, you can go through the list. Can we put up the whole thing to get in like one, like, oh, no, good. Maybe open your Bibles if you've got them on your phone. Get that Galatians 5.22. And go through it and just say, God, we want to we wanna seek your kingdom first. If you want to seek your kingdom, help t- tweak me, turn me, like shift me tonight on one of these things. Yes. So, um... Uh, God has been speaking to me a lot uh, through lockdown. The story of that God just kept bringing me back to was the older brother and how, um, um, yeah, like we leave the story rejoicing with the prodigal son, but we don't think about the older brother who refused to go into the party. Um, and because of his attitude, um, he missed out. We don't know what that means, whether that was a picture of salvation or reward or what. But it flipped and hit me so hard because um, I realized, like, so much of my life was about being the responsible one. I wanted to be the responsible one, even though from a little kid, I was, like, would get the the award for least responsible one because of my ADD. I would just be, like, I would forget everything to the point of embarrassing, like, obvious. You don't forget that. I would forget it. So I spent my whole life trying to be responsible. I got to the point, guys, I was head girl. I was straight A's. I was, like, this is awesome. Got into university with the scholarship. I was, like, yeah, living my best life. I'm going to um, get a teaching degree that's going to open a door into China. I'm going to become a missionary because you don't get better than that. I mean, that is like grade A Christian right there. So I had my plan. I'm not going to get married or have kids. It's just a distraction. The Bible says it's a distraction. You know, you must like focus. And then, um, and then my brother died, and I was like, okay, that was. I don't really know where that came from. And um, I remember the night that my brother died. Um, I remember there were so many emotions going around around me. Um, my older sister especially was so angry. She was just screaming from anger. And obviously everyone was crying. And I was just dead inside. And I went into my brother's room. And I was trying to trigger myself to cry. And um, something that happens with ADD is you, um, you disassociate very quickly, uh, very easily. If it's not right in front of you, you can't really process it properly. But I didn't really know at the time. Um, So I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm such a bad person. Why am I not crying? And I was, like, playing his favorite song, and I was trying to smell his his aftershave, and 
I just couldn't get myself to cry. Every now and again, like a little tear. And um, yeah, I just carried that with me. Like that was weird. And then I was just like, you know what? It's because I love Jesus so much. So I know where my brother is. And he's having an amazing time. So I'm obviously just a better Christian than everybody else. (laughs) Didn't tell anybody else who was processing the emotions. And I remember um, Rod's funeral, somebody came up to my dad and said, oh, like I want to vomit just thinking of it. Somebody said to him, you've preached in the light. Now you've got to walk this thing out in the dark. And, I mean, I only heard via, via, via. But he put it, he was, my dad was like, he's going to own this. He's going to take what Satan stole from him and he's going to make it into a testimony. And he would use my, the, the trauma um, and he would be like, this is what God did for us. He sent his son. He sacrificed his son. Like, in some small way, my dad would say, I kind of understand, you know, like, to voluntarily sacrifice your son. Like, I kind of understand a little bit of that. And. Um, and I was still like, oh, my dad's so strong. My dad's so brave. I want to be brave and strong like that. And then, um, yeah, like when my dad died, um, I remember that morning I was so angry. I was angry with everyone. I was like, it didn't matter like who, but especially people who had been, um, had said hard things to me um, because in searching my heart, I realized I've been trying so hard to be responsible that I felt like I deserved a certain something. I deserved something because I have been trying so hard, God. I've been brave. I've been having my quiet time. Like, if I compare myself, and I would constantly shame Brett, especially when we got married, I'd be like, babes, I still, on a monthly cycle, I don't know what that's about, but... On a monthly cycle, I would be, I would be like, I don't even know if you saved, babes. Like, seriously, you are, like, way caught, too caught up in, like, the fun things of life. You need to get serious. You need to. And, um, yeah, I recently got, it's like, like, I'm so stupid. But um, recently God's been challenging me that he doesn't want that older brother, he doesn't want basically Esau, actually. He doesn't want Esau because Esau despises inheritance. And my whole life, I've been trying to be so humble and so hardworking and so well-behaved <laughs> that maybe God won't test me, you know. Maybe I'll just be able to arrive and get my reward because I've been working so hard, God. And um, I feel like God is even saying to us tonight, he doesn't want your good behavior. He wants your real, authentic heart. He wants you to open your heart to him and show him the ugly bits. And um, yeah, just before sabbatical, because that's how God works, he's very kind, I had a complete meltdown. My husband was in Brazil. My mom was in Isle of Man. I got COVID, I was at home alone, and um, was, yeah, that monthly cycle, it's super weird with me, but I don't know if other people experience that, but yeah, it was that day, and I, that was enough, it was just like, I can be brave, and then 
thank you. And then I had a complete meltdown. And I just shouted at the elders. And I was just like, my dad is gone. And you are not doing a good enough job to look after me. I'm just so angry with you. And um, as I've been processing that, I've got this amazing lady that's helping me process, Liz East. And she's like, she keeps saying, Abby, um, you need to stop processing on Facebook. You need to stop processing on WhatsApp groups. You need to stop dumping on your husband. You need to stop expecting the elders to be what even your dad couldn't be. So tonight, I just feel like God wants to say, he's your dad. And he can handle whatever you have to throw at him. And I think one of the reasons that Brett is such a good leader is that he's looking for a fight. He's like, I'm going to punch this thing in the face. And actually, the only person that he doesn't do that with, hasn't done that with, has been me. Because I'm so good at the victim thing that he's like, shame. I can't. She can't handle it. But recently, like, our marriage has been healed. Because, um, because Brett's going, I'm going to poke all your buttons until you start shouting at me. Because you're not a victim and you're not an orphan. And you don't have to be on your best behavior. And God's called you to an inheritance where you can be strong and you can be a leader. And part of that is allowing people to come to you and say, Abby, because I love you, you need to stop doing this thing. It's not good for you. Stop sharing your emotions with the whole world because you don't want to go to your husband because you're scared of what he will say to you. That he'll say, Abby, no. So more and more, I've been going to Brett, and he's been saying, even last night, I love, I love, I love, I love you guys. I want to be with you all the time. I just have a problem with uh, soaking up everyone's emotions. It's part of who I am. And then I go home, and I freak out. And I have ups and downs and meltdowns. And so more and more, Brett's like, Abby, you have to trust me. You have to allow me to help you put down boundaries. Otherwise, you're not going to be a safe leader. You're not going to be consistent. You're not going to be faithful. And you're going to disappoint people just like Brett owned on Friday, uh, on Sunday. Like part of that is actually me. <laughs> um, I just want to say to you guys, be real with God. Like actually, don't go and be angry at your husband. Maybe, I mean, maybe he's, sometimes he has to handle it because you're immature. <laughs> but actually, Liz... This lady that's walking with me, she keeps saying to me, you know that your husband isn't God. You know that the elders aren't God. You know that, like, actually, go to God. So even tonight, as we break bread, Jesus did the miracle. He's the one that brings the healing. And if you're healed, you can be safe. You can be a safe place for other people. And you can walk in your inheritance. And you don't have to be like Esau. Who God said he hated because he despised his inheritance. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to hate something in me. So God, I just pray that you'd help us to be brave, even as you're teaching me to be brave, to the point where people can feel safe with us and we can live in 
stepping more and more and more into leadership because even with that this 412 thing that we've got going on the mission is so huge and you need us to grow up and God I want to say sorry for where I've been hiding and where I have refused to grow up and I want to invite these people I want to say please be kind (laughs) but if you see something in me I want to invite you to be part of that process. But I pray that tonight we would do the hard work. We wouldn't wait for people to speak to us. We would do the hard work with you. That God, show us those things that are unclean. Thank you that you've washed it with your blood. You've healed us because your body was broken for us. Be brave, guys. Jesus is brave. Um, during during worship, I saw saw a picture of someone riding a horse, and this horse had no saddle or no reins, and they were trying to start this like a motorbike. They were like riding this horse, but they're like looking for the lever to try and start the horse, and they're like, where are the handlebars? And they're like not knowing what to do with this thing. Um, and they were so used to like being able to control the direction. They were so used to being able to control when things start and go. Um, they, they were so used to trusting in things that were designed to transport us from one place to another. Uh, tested methods and structures that they are confident in. And now sitting on this horse, they they just they so lost. And then I just I saw them like hold on to just the mane of this horse, and then it just ran. And I just, in there, just feeling like the Lord is saying, stop trusting in those old patterns or those old things that we've possibly learned or fallen into the pattern of, but just, just hold on to Him, grab onto Him, and He'll run, He'll, He'll lead, He'll direct, He'll get you from one place to another. Just, just hold on, enjoy the ride, He's got you. So, so, um, Worship team are going to sing just quietly in the background, and um, we're going to remember what Christ has done for us. You're welcome to do it in your home groups or wherever you want to break bread with you. Welcome to do it in your own time. Um, but as you do that, just God, I want to seek a kingdom. We can only do that because of you. Um, and so let's just pray together and and just remember, Father. Thank you for this amazing family that we're part of. Thank you that you're living and active in our lives and that you are working and changing and renewing and giving us peace and grace and mercy and love daily. And we don't have to um, rely on our own strength, Lord. We can rely on you to make clean our lives. And Lord, tonight we want to remember you. We want to Remember in this way that we want to seek you first and seek your righteousness first. Lord, we want to thank you for salvation, for grace, for providing our every need. So Holy Spirit, we just want to pray that you will come and just fill every heart here, every mind. Maybe you're here tonight and 
you are not a believer of Jesus Christ. You maybe have heard of him, maybe you know the Bible, maybe you're kind of looking in. Maybe tonight uh, the Lord's knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe he's going, hey, I want your life. I've sought you out. I died for you. I, I want you to surrender to me tonight. I want you to know what eternal life is. I want you to know what peace is and love is and forgiveness of sin. And I want you to know what it feels like to be able to be part of my kingdom because of what my son did, Jesus Christ on the cross. Maybe you're here tonight and you go, man, I don't know him, but I want to. I want to um, just give you that opportunity to do that. When Jesus was walking on this earth, he said this to people who came to him saying, how must we be born again? How must we be saved? Jesus said this, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Christ, salvation comes. Salvation is a free gift given by him and him alone to be received by us. And when that happens, he changes our hearts, he changes our minds, he fills us with His Spirit and we become sons and daughters. In a, in a sense, we are adopted into His kingdom through Christ's work on the cross. And so if you're here tonight, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know when our bodies are going to give up and when we're going to go to eternity. But man, once that happens, it's too late. Salvation has to happen this side of eternity. Or at least asking for it and receiving it. And so if you're here tonight, man, Jesus loves you. He's died for you. He desires the best for you. And just like Abby and many others, myself included, we're just longing to represent Him well. And maybe you're that person. You've been riding motorbikes your whole life and all of a sudden God's going, hey, it's not your way, it's my way. Jump on the horse. And you're going, I don't know. What that feels like, it sucks a little bit, but I want to jump on the horse. And I want to do it your way, God, not my way. So as eyes are closed, is there anyone like that here? They're going, hey, Brett, I want to receive Jesus. I want to believe and confess. Just let me know somehow, like, hand or whatever. And we'll lead you in a prayer. And we can just break bread. Anybody? Father, as we remember the bread, as we eat the bread, we remember your body was broken for us. Lord, that you went to the cross. Lord, as we drink the grape juice, um, remember your blood that washes us clean, that gave us a new covenant with you, that restored a a broken relationship into a man and one. Lord, we want to thank you for those who are believers here. We want to thank you for saving us for redeeming us, for filling us with your presence. We want to thank you for awakening our spirits that we can live for you and seek your kingdom. So we praise you, God. In Jesus' name. You're welcome to break bread in your time. Maybe just spend a few moments just seeking and asking. And after that, we... We'll have some coffee together, mingle, say how's it to somebody, love on someone, and uh, let's see what the Lord does.